The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the fourth chapter. When Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed upon him. And then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months. And there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman, the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. And they got up, and they drove him out of town and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them, and he went on his way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Super Bowl Sunday. I have to say, I felt pretty convicted last Sunday. I guess that's one of the job hazards of working alongside a preacher. Lately, with Pastor H on board, I find myself in jeopardy of this hazard as well, whereas in the past, as a solo pastor, I was safe from such peril. Through friendship and colleagueship with a pastor, you're practically bound to find yourself appearing in the sermon at some point. So when Pastor H stood in the pulpit last Sunday, and turned to face me, staring decidedly at me from across the sanctuary, mentioning the purchasing of team gear for children, infants nonetheless, I felt convicted. (laughs) And Pastor H was right to convict me further although he politely never named me explicitly. 
of my die-hard dream that the Chiefs might have appeared at the Super Bowl this year and taken home all the glory. I did mourn the loss of this dream, which seemed to me such a tough blow. Only the saints experiencing more to mourn. Kirk, Richard, and I were forced to take consolation in the Twitter posts and memes going around, suggesting that the Chiefs and Saints get together today and host the Gumbo Bowl, since no one really wants to watch the Rams or the Patriots play anyway. (laughs) But that's the rub, isn't it? There are Patriots fans, and there are Rams fans, and they do want to watch their teams play. And although the Patriots and Brady have tasted victory so many times, I'm told it doesn't taste any less sweet. New Englanders and Los Angelans are celebrating, and I, as a loyal KC fan, will just have to learn to live with that, at least for this year anyway. San Antonio doesn't have a professional football team, but we do have a little hometown team, which goes by the name of... Spurs, right? You all have heard of them, I think. How about a little go, Spurs, go? Go, Spurs, go. Go, Spurs, go. On Super Bowl Sunday, right? Feels good, yeah. I've been privileged to go to a few games over the years, even a couple of soul-reverberating playoff games for the Spurs. And just as I've become a San Antonian, I've become a Spurs fan. And as a city in love with their Spurs, we've been rewarded for our fandom. We've seen our fair share of championships, and names like Parker, Ginobili, Duncan, and Popovich have sacred places in our hearts, as well as in the record books. San Antonio is Spurs territory, as Pastor H said last week. In only my first or second year here as a San Antonian, I was volunteering for a justice organization looking to make our city a more equitable place for all. And as part of my work, I found myself in a part of the city I hadn't been in before, and in a neighborhood far different from mine. The houses were quite a bit smaller. They had little yards with chain-link fences both in front and in back. Some of them had paint peeling from the siding and roofs that needed repairing. But certain things did look very familiar to me. Spurs flags flying on almost every single door. Spurs signs hung in several windows, bumper stickers on cars, and Spurs shirts donned many of the people with whom I spoke. And it gave me great pride in our city and in our Spurs, but it also made me a little bit sad because it caused me to wonder How is it that we can all root for the same team with such a passion, but we have such a hard time rooting for each other with that same vigor and passion? And I convict myself fully of this. It made me think to myself, why wasn't I doing a better job of rooting for people working for low wages? or rooting for those for whom a college education seemed almost impossible given their family's financial situation, or doing a better job of rooting for those whose skin color was different than mine, which often meant that they had a higher likelihood of living in poverty or never getting a job interview based on their name. I'm not saying that none of us care. 
I truly believe that all of us, literally all of us gathered here in this room, cares about the poverty others experience in our city, their lack of opportunities, and the discrimination that they face because of their skin color or their sexuality. I believe you care deeply, and I hope you believe that I care as well. We do care, but we're overwhelmed by systemic issues that prevent change, and we easily give up. We do care, but we go home in the evenings, and balancing our personal obligations most days seems like enough. We do care, but it's easy to forget about it when we live on the other side of town. And that's where learning to listen to one another, our word for today, listen, comes into play. Because I truly believe that it is only going to be in real one-on-one relationships with others that we can hear and we can listen fully to their needs. It's the only way that we can truly be transformed to care. We cannot do it if we only stay on this side of town or only drive through the bad part of town on our way to and from the AT&T Center. And so we have to challenge ourselves to enter into real relationship with each and every one of our brothers and sisters that call San Antonio home. It's not an easy thing. We're in it together. In our gospel reading for today, Jesus really offends the folks from his hometown with his sermon and his reading, specifically the passage that he sought out from the prophet Isaiah, which reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to those who are captive, recovery of sight to those who are blind, to let the oppressed Go free. Jesus' sermon today really offended the folks in his hometown to the point where they tried to hurl him off of a cliff. They did not want to listen to what he had to say because he suggested that perhaps what Isaiah meant was that God's plan was to reach out to those who had been overlooked by others first and foremost. And Jesus will reveal that this is God's will time and again throughout his life, teaching, and ministry. Those designated as outsiders will continually get the best seats at the table. This is God's way. And it's radical, and it's challenging, and the truth is we ignore it most of the time because it's far easier to ignore it than to grapple with it. Jesus' sermon today really offended the folks in his hometown. So if you expect in coming to church that we will always have agreeable conversations with one another, then your expectations may be let down. And if you expect that in being a Christian, nothing will ever offend you, know that Jesus offended his own people to the point where he wanted them, where they wanted him, dead. Even though we are all members of the same community of faith, even though we all proudly attend Christ Lutheran Church, and even though we all root for this guy named Jesus with pure abandon, 
There will come less harmonious times when we will disagree with one another. Times when some of us may feel very much like outsiders. Times when we will need to listen to each other thoughtfully and carefully. As our GROW team continues their important work of thinking of how we can be a more welcoming community of faith, such a time is upon us. Their goal is to make our church more welcoming to folks of different skin colors, economic backgrounds, relationship statuses, different abilities, sexualities, and gender identities, many of whom could share stories with us of feeling captive and oppressed. My hope as your pastor is that as these conversations unfold, we would be willing to listen to one another. My hope is that we can sit together one-on-one and really hear each other. My hope is that we can deepen our knowledge through small and large group conversations. Each of the five Sundays in March, the GROW team will be hosting Faith University during Education Hour in Fellowship Hall at 9.15 a.m. My hope is that you will all attend, literally all of you, all of those five Sundays. Because now is not the time to avoid the conversation. Now is not the time to be afraid to speak up. Now is not the time to fear dissension. Instead, now is the time to listen to one another. Now is the time to find out what will define us as a community of faith. Now is the time to learn who we are as God's children living out the gospel good news together. Because while rooting for Jesus is the greatest honor of our lives as disciples, the second greatest honor is to root for each other with the same passion with which Jesus first rooted for each of us. Amen.